0: I'm going to just cut to the chase and say what a good feeling it is to be on this podcast grind. We're at day two of seven. Of course, if you guys caught my last podcast, made the announcement that I'm going to be making an episode every single day of the week. made one for Monday, which was yesterday. It is now Tuesday, September 13th. And as promised, this is episode two. We're, we're here. We're at the second one. It's pretty good. I'd say it's a decent sign of commitment. Reasonably so. Maybe not. If you guys caught my last episode last night, which is uh, September 12th, you guys will know that I said this episode will be about the playoffs, more specifically about the Western Conference. If you guys didn't catch my last episode, well, what are you waiting for? Go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Listen to episode six. I don't, I, I don't even want to tell you that topic. You guys should go and look for yourself. I'm kidding. It's a fan Q&A. But yes, go and watch it. Go and listen to it. Anyway. This episode, I've had a good feeling about it, it's taken a lot of thought for me to make these predictions, but today, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the Concept Podcast, I am going to be making my rather bold predictions for the Western Conference and who's going to make it in the playoffs. I won't say who I think is going to make the play in, I think that's just going to be too complicated to figure out because my mind is going to be toying with itself, that whole system is crazy for me anyway. I'm just going to go what's going to happen post-play-in game meaning I'm going to go 1 through 8 like NBA 2K still does it for some reason and like it used to be in the NBA. This list was very difficult to make. But, alas, here it is. Or here I am at 7.40 p.m. currently recording this. Tuesday, September 13th, I have my list. Let's just get right into it. If your team, if you think your team should have made it further up this list, give me a reason why. Go to my Twitter at TheConcept.com or my Instagram at the Concept Podcast, or email me if you think I'm wrong or want to let me know why you think your team should have been further up or down on the list. I would love your input. Anyway, let's get right into it. The first seed isn't really going to be shocking to a lot of you. Personally, I think the Warriors will continue to be a number one seed. Clay Thompson is back, as we all know. Stephen Curry, I shouldn't have to say much more about him. The X factors for me that I think really complete this team, James Wiseman as a center is hopefully going to be coming back after missing the entirety of last year due to injury. James Wiseman, I think, still has a good NBA player in him. We just haven't seen him in a long, long, long time. Who else is coming back? Jordan Poole is coming back. Big contender for most improved player last year. Could put up 20 points a game for all we know. He's going to be an exciting one to watch. Up for a big contract soon if he gets it. Andrew Wiggins, if his finals performance is any indication of what type of player he's going to end up being this season, that is an all-star if I've ever seen one. He was physical, he was dominant, and he wasn't afraid in the finals. Like Frankly, if Stephen Curry didn't win finals MVP, he was going to win it for me. We got Draymond Green. Shouldn't have to say much else about him. Defensive player of the year candidate as always. Notable pickups, to be honest, they don't really have too too much. They got Dante Divincenzo, of course, from the Sacramento Kings, won a national title. Villanova. They got Jamichael Green for Nuggets. Overall, they just kind of kept most of them. They signed Mac Le- uh, Mac McClung, did really good uh, last year's G League and in the summer league. Hopefully, he gets some playing time. I want to see my boy Mac play. Fingers crossed. Next up on my list, this one I know may seem a little weird and I know it's kind of weird given what happened in today's news um, if you guys want me to make an episode about this please let me know I dropped the question out my Twitter earlier um, the Phoenix Suns I'm gonna pick to be the two seed and this is quite simply the reason why they haven't really been depleted of anybody notable if anything they've added the player that DeAndre Ayton wants himself to be Got a big contract. They still have Devin Booker. They got Chris Paul. They got Mikkel Bridges, who was one of my favorite players to watch last year. They got Cam Johnson, who's always a bucket from three. And they have, they still have a great bunch. And I want to point this out while it's still happening. Dario Saric, if you're listening to this, you are balling out, my friend. You are balling out in the Euro, League, in the Euro Summer League right now. Whatever you guys are playing. Sorry, I'm not really knowledgeable of that, to be honest. You guys have an exciting bench. You guys have an exciting starting five. Hope it doesn't go to Game 7, because as we saw last season, you guys aren't the best team at that. But, I have faith in you. You can make it. Hopefully. Number 3. Uh, I'm, this was a tough one, but for my 3 seed in the Western Conference, I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I know I said in my last episode that they were depleted a little bit because they got rid of D'Anthony Melton, who uh, could easily win sixth man of the year this year, in my opinion, my original humble opinion. We know what John Moran is capable of. John Moran is 22 years old, let's remind ourselves. He's one of the most exciting players in the NBA already. He'll dunk on anyone. His vertical has to be one of the most ridiculous, if not the most ridiculous I've ever seen, if anyone's ever seen. Then they got Desmond Bain to complete one of the best backcourts in the NBA, in my opinion, who also, Desmond Bain had an 83 in his NBA 2K rating. You guys really need to fix that shit. Like, no, dude put up, I'm trying to pull up his number, dude put up, (laughs) dude put up 43.6% from three and over 90% from the free throw line and had over 18 points a game. Put some respect on my dude's name, all right? Speaking of putting respect. They also got Jaron Jackson Jr.'s 2K rating wrong. They got him at 83, who Jaron Jackson Jr. could be an all-star potentially this coming year. I mentioned that in yesterday's podcast. They got Dylan Brooks, great perimeter defender, one of the best in the game. They still got Steven Adams, who is a freaking beast. They got Tyus Jones, who is a big candidate for six-man, maybe most improved player. Who knows? Then you got Brandon Clark, great offensive rebounder in the playoffs, if you guys saw that. Notable pickups, again, they didn't really have too much. They got Danny Green, who I guess can still shoot. Um, but for the most part, they got a lot of good draft. They got a lot of draft picks headed down like further down the line. Not too much to miss really, but this should be exciting either way. The number four seed. I'm going to go and I edited this from last night. I said they were a two. I'm going to edit it a little bit. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers as my number four seed right now. Kawhi Leonard's going to be coming back. Kawhi looks like he's been in the weight room, by the way. If you guys have seen any pictures of Kawhi Leonard, um, There is a reason why that man has made the NBA 75 team, and he's only 31 years of age. Two-time defensive player of the year, two-time champion, finals MVP, will definitely be a Hall of Famer. Like I said, he's an NBA 75 caliber player already, and he's capable of winning a third ring. Frankly, I think he deserves it, Mr. Fun Guy and Mr. I Don't Talk. You got PG-13. You got Paul George, who, like I said in yesterday's episode, pandemic p what was his nickname when he had a shooting slump? That phase is over, everybody. Paul Jordan is the player he once was. And I, I'm appreciative of that. He deserves that. And last week, they got John Wall. By the way, buddy, DC really, really misses you um, a lot. I think you're the greatest wizard to ever play it. Won't get too much into detail. But Clippers have a big three now. They're really intimidating. And if you look at the rest of their team, they're pretty evenly balanced when it comes to age they, I mean, they got a few older guys. They got Marcus Morris. They got Robert Covington. They got Nicholas Batum. But you got Luke Kennard, who is very quietly one of the best shooters in the NBA. Overall, you got a good... And you got Reggie Jackson, who's not the youngest player anymore. But Reggie Jackson, if you saw his playoff performance in 2021, boy over here looking like Bobby Schmurda, but that dude's putting up numbers. I hope he still puts up numbers because dude, dude earned his pay. So Clippers, I know you've been out of it for a while. I'm going to go the Clippers, to make the playoffs in the number four spot. Moving on, and I will say, guys, if you're enjoying these episodes, uh, please uh, please rate the podcast. Please uh, follow it or rate it on Spotify. Uh, if you're enjoying it, leave a comment anywhere on my Instagram, my Twitter. Anything is appreciated at this point. So I um, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Anyway, back to the fifth seed. I'm going to go to the Denver Nuggets um some of you might think that's rating them a little low with the amount of talent they have you have a point about that i just still see some time where adjustments need to be made you know to get these players back in the lineup i'm of course talking about jamal murray i'm talking about michael porter jr uh these two players of course missed the entire last season uh both out due to injury they're gonna be back they're gonna be out fresh um Jamal Murray is still relevant, guys. I don't think he was ever irrelevant. Um, I think he's been an All-Star snub a couple of times. Um, I hope he can make All-Stars soon. He's deserving of of all of that. Michael Porter Jr., on the other hand, has something to prove. And I think he's going to come in here with a chip on his shoulder because they gave him the big money. I think they did that a little too early. But on a good night, Michael Porter Jr. can put up 25 to 30 points a game and potentially give you a double-double alongside the guy who usually puts up a triple-double every night, Mr. Two-time back-to-back reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. This team is going to be entertaining. That's not the only reason why I'm putting them at the five in a solid playoff spot. They got some pretty good pickups over the summer. Maybe they have them as a 4C. I don't know. They got Bruce Brown, who's really solid for the Brooklyn Nets uh, on a two-year contract. They got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, if he can find some shooting for him. Uh, they got Aaron Gordon, who I still think has a good NBA player in there. Uh, and then, most notably, they got the guy who I think could win Most Improved Player or even Six Man is Neshawn or Bones Highland uh, out of VCU. Um, I also want to point out, uh, my so-called friends um, made me aware of this area last night. I said last night, Bones Highland pissed the fuck out of me. Um, yeah, they didn't come out right. At all. Um, what I meant to say was, He pissed me off a little bit when he was playing at VCU because I was watching as a Dayton Flyer. I still am one um, graduating this year, but that doesn't mean I don't, that doesn't mean I wish malintent on that guy whatsoever. He's an amazing player, and I think he's one of the most underrated rookies from last season. But if you're going to have those good shooting numbers coming off your bench for the Denver Nuggets, hold on to your hats, people. Denver Nuggets could go somewhere. The only reason I'm putting them at five and not further up the list is because besides Bones Highland, besides Zeke Nodging, besides Bruce Brown, I don't really see them having too much of a bench. They got a couple guys on two ways. Mainly it's been draft picks and some older guys. I got DeAndre Jordan in there who I know can still play a little bit, but he's not himself as he once was. So great starting lineup. I think the bench is slightly underwhelming. Um, but if they can find some tweaks to that, Denver can go places. I really hope they get past the first round this year. 6, 7, and 8. I know we're flying through this, but 6, 7, and 8 were by far the trickiest ones to figure out. Because there's just a lot of good teams that can make it anywhere. Like, these three teams could have... I think these three teams could alternate swap everywhere. The only reason I'm placing this team that I'm going to say at number 6 hope you understand why um, it should explain it for itself that's not really the main reason but I think they've added more depth I'm talking about number six I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks um I would put them further up the list uh if they kept Jalen Brunson they didn't keep Jalen Brunson they let him go to the Knicks not bad for them but that's a key player you lost um good news for them they still got guys who could shoot they got Spencer Dinwiddie who um no comment sorry Spencer I mean I respected you for a bit but as a as a Wizards fan and as somebody who once once played for us um glad that you're doing better now but uh wish you would have been a little better as a Washington Wizard don't 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 kill me for saying that yeah they got that they got Tim Hardaway Jr. who's still a bucket even though he's 30 now they got JaVale McGee uh, former Wizards legend salute JaVale McGee They got Dwight Powell, one of the better second-round steals. They got a lot of guys who can shoot on that team. It's a good shooting team. Now, you're probably thinking at this point, what are you going to do about defense? They got Porzingis away, and they didn't really have much of a center. They traded Bobon away, too, which makes me sad, because Bobon, how can can you hate Bobon? They got Christian Wood, who uh, is a pretty big deal when it comes to fitting into that team. Christian Wood uh, traded from the Rockets. Last season's number's... Um, he had a, he had a campaign to potentially make all-star, averaged 21 points, put almost 10 rebounds, almost two assists a game over a block and shot 37% from three, which really isn't bad for a guy who's six foot nine and weighing 215. That's pretty good. And he's still relatively young. He's 26. So he's got some, he's still got a lot to prove, but he has done a lot at that age, which I think is really good. So that means he's got potential still. Then of course there's star piece. Luca, motherfreaking Doncic, the future, potentially—like not potentially—I think he's going to win MVP in the next two to three years. Super young and a super hot take for a guy who's 23. Maybe that's not a hot take at all. My friends are probably listening to this right now, saying, "Connor, you freaking idiot! Uh, don't think he's going to be. En- I don't think that's a hot take at all. That's a uh, that's an easy one for all of us to answer. Luca Magic is the future, everybody." Put up 28, 9, and let's call it 9, 8.7 last year. Luka, I think, is one of the better players to play our game in this age. He will be a Hall of Famer, I think. Hopefully when the NBA 100 comes around, he'll get there. But he's going to be their main piece. So if Luka Doncic and Christian Wood and Fencer Dinwiddie, those three guys in particular, if those three guys stay healthy, that is one hell of a starting lineup, and that's a lot of points scored. I do see defense being a bit of an issue for that team, Hence why I'm putting them at six. Hopefully the attack kind of counterbalances the whole thing. So that's kind of done with the solid playoff spots. I know it's six, and I can count. There is eight total. Seven and eight were very tricky for me to figure out. But I'll just reveal both of them at once. They're the exact same Western Conference teams who made the seven and eight seeds last year. I'm talking about... At number seven, I'm going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know if any Minnesota fans listening to this have probably gone, oh, wait, come on. Bear with me, I'm getting to that part. And then for eight, I'm going to the New Orleans Pelicans, which I said in yesterday's episode, I think they're the best young core in the NBA, so putting them eight teams a little low. I'll just start with the Pelicans and then go to the Timberwolves. Because I feel like it's a little more to explain. I'm going to the Pelicans at eight, Mainly because I don't know what the injury concerns are for that team yet. I, there, there isn't enough research for me to prove, and besides Zion, of course, but there isn't really a lot of whole, like, injury history that I n- am knowledgeable of. So I think that's kind of a risk. You know, Zion, we don't know when he's going to be healthy. I mean, he's healthy now, but we don't know if he's going to get injured again. We don't know if Brandon Ingram's going to get injured. We don't know if CJ McCollum's going to get injured. I don't know... I can't definitively say what will happen if any of those four players, Jonas Valanciunas being four, what happens if those any of those four players get hurt, or if two of the four players get hurt. That completely transforms that roster. Now, when they're healthy, they're a top-five team. But not everybody can make it to 82 games in a season. We're not, We're not made of robot parts. I'm just putting that there just because I think injury concerns may hit them. I hope they don't, though. I don't wish Mount 10 on anybody. I hope the New Orleans Pelicans with their young core can make it somewhere big. They deserve it. CJ McCollum, I think you deserve to be an all-star this year, my friend. Let's hope hope I finally see it. Now, on to the little bit of the harder one to explain. I still put the Minnesota Timberwolves at the number 7 seed. Before I explain... Their roster is made up of a crap ton of talent. Their starting lineup next year, they're going to put Carl Anthony Towns, they're going to move him from the center to the power forward spot because they got Rudy Gobert, former defensive player of the year, multiple-time all-star, big man in Utah, and big money man in Utah, too. Got Anthony Edwards, Ant-Man, who I think is one of the most entertaining players in the game. Huge dunking ability. Got D'Angelo Russell, 20, like 2019 I think the year was. Let's double-check my stats. I think they made 2019. Yeah, 2019 All-Star. D'Angelo Russell could still put up 17-20 a game. Um, what more can I say? I mean, that's just, that's just a good lineup. They also picked up Kyle Anderson, good defensive player. Still kept Torian Prince, who I still think has some scoring in him. They got Jordan McLaughlin, who I think is a very underrated, undrafted player. He did pretty well in the playoffs. Guy didn't get much playing time. They got Eric Paschal, who I think is a good center, underrated guy, as a power forward, good underrated guy. So, why am I putting them at seven? That's a lot of star talent that I just named. I think, I don't hope, but I think, I think the Timberwolves are going to have a hard time adjusting to putting two big men in the game at the same time. Carl anthony Towns, for me, I think excels way more as a center than he does a power forward. I know some of you are probably listening and thinking, wait, the man can shoot, though, right? Like, the man can put up numbers. Man shot over 40% for a few seasons. Shot over 40% last year. Almost had a 50-40-90, as a matter of fact. So, I don't know. I just think the arrival of Rudy Gobert is a big factor for multiple reasons. Well, him now being the center, Carl Towns is going to have to do a lot more movement, which I don't know how, I don't know how good he is at that yet. Rudy Gobert is your typical, like, is your trademark center where he will not attempt a three, seven, one weighing almost 260. He's a shot blocker. He's a rim protector, glass cleaner, everything like that. Towns is a stretch five that can do a bit of the same things as Rudy Gobert can. He's just not that, not as tall as him. He's more of a scoring. So you got big men, but I hope there aren't chemistry issues, but I, I for reasons I can't put my can't put my finger on, that's just gonna be very tricky for me. Anthony Edwards, I think, is an all star caliber player. He'll get his money soon. That that dude is worth a lot of money. It will get paid a lot. D'Angelo Russell's a good point guard. Uh always up for trade discussions somewhere. Uh, let's hope they don't trade him. Because I think he's a, he's a player that I don't think they should... They shouldn't trade him at all. I'll just leave it at that. Been traded too many times already. Let d let, Lo let play. The last big reason I think the Timberwolves may struggle is not because of what they got, but what they gave away for Rudy Gobert. I've said this in an episode before. I think they gave up way too many players to like, for Rudy Gobert. Yes, he's a great player. Yes, he's an all-star. Yes, he's a shot-blocking leader. Yes, he's a rebound leader. Yes, he's like big defensive presence. But they gave up Jared Vanderbilt, who's a glass-cleaning lockdown off the bench. I like Jared Vanderbilt's play a lot. They should have kept them. I mean, then you gave away Malik Beasley. So there takes away a lot of your shooting coming off the bench. So that's also depleted. That's two. Who else did they give away? They gave away the rights to Walker Kessler, who would have been a good backup center, coming like coming off the bench, and a, a number of other players. I mean, I don't even, I can't even name all of them right now. That's just about half of what they gave away for Rudy Gobert, which I think, from from that sort of standpoint, from a guy on the podcast and as a fan viewing this or listening to this, anything like just thinking it like this through my head. You, you gave up too much. Your bench is now depleted. What happens if, you're, if one of your guys on your bench gets hurt, let alone a guy in your starting lineup? Who do you have? So that is why, unfortunately, I'm going to put the Rules in the seventh spot. Now, before I end this episode, ending it a few minutes earlier than the last one, for the last time, Just because I put these teams there doesn't mean I wish malintent on anyone who plays in that team or any of the coaches or anything like that, or any of the fans, what have you. I'm just a guy who is stating his opinion via podcast and someone who likes basketball and someone just giving my point of view from somebody who analyzes the game. Do I hope each team makes it higher than I predicted? Unless you made it the one. Yeah, absolutely. Any team is capable of anything. Capable of pulling off surprises. Everyone is capable of surprising anybody. All I'll say is, and I'll end on this note, the NBA playoffs and the NBA regular season are a crazy time. Let opening day come sooner, because I can't wait for it. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Quick note before I end this one. Next episode, we'll be discussing the other half of the NBA. I'm talking about the Eastern Conference and the other eight that I think will make the playoffs this year. This one, I think, is a little harder in the Western Conference. Let me know your guys' thoughts on this episode, even last episode, or whatever episode's been put out. And if you guys have any last-minute questions, email me at theconcept at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-N-C-E-P-T, at G- uh, podcast, comment spelling, at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoy. Happy Tuesday. See you guys tomorrow. This has been Connor, your host. Take care. Cheers.